Okay, everyone, we have a mission to accomplish. Jesus is sending his disciples out to spread the gospel, but not to simply spread the gospel, but to to fight the unclean spirits in the process, to battle demons in the process. The disciples have seen Jesus control and throw out unclean spirits, to throw out demons before. The disciples knew the power was there to fight demons, and Jesus was giving it to them. It might be strange or even scary as the demons resist, but Jesus has empowered the disciples to accomplish this mission, so everything should be okay. Then Jesus tells the rest of the story. You cannot carry any money. Well, who travels today without a credit card and a little bit of cash? Now today I rarely carry my wallet, but when I'm going any real distance from the house I do, And in my wallet, I have U.S. currency, British currency, European currency, Honduran currency, Salvadoran currency. All of this is in my wallet so that no matter where I may find myself, I can at least get something to drink while I get myself situated and figure out what I will do next. Next, Jesus says, you can't bring any stuff. Who would leave the country without supplies? Not even bread, no food, nothing in your bag, he says. Now, I bring people on pilgrimage every year, and every year it is a challenge to get those people to restrict themselves to the packing list, which is actually quite complete and will ensure their comfort. But Jesus says, don't bring anything for your trip, except for your staff, your walking stick. And also Jesus says, one set of shoes only. That's it. Just one set. Again, from my own experience on pilgrimage, I always have to have a second set of shoes. It happens to be a set of flip-flops to wear at the end of the day to let my feet rest and relax after walking all those miles. How do you make a long journey with only one set of shoes? And finally... One tunic, one jacket only. Choose wisely what you wear because that one will be it. Nothing else. Before the disciples ever start their mission, Jesus puts demands upon them that would make many, if not most, refuse to go. How did Jesus get them to go? Was it force? Was it fear? That is what many would expect, to get a person to do something that is unpleasant, harsh, uncomfortable, dangerous, or anything else that we do not want to endure, typically requires an alternative that is worse. When I was in basic training as a 17-year-old private, and yes, that was more than a couple days ago, the drill sergeant asked if we knew why soldiers had to go to basic training. Those that were gathered around gave the typical answers to learn to shoot, to learn to march, learn first aid, learn all those soldier tasks that must be constantly practiced and developed to maintain a fighting edge. He looked at us and said we were all wrong. That all of those things were important, but we could be trained at our unit. They could be trained really anywhere. In fact, all of those things 
are trained throughout the Army at every duty location in order to maintain proficiency of skills that are only started in basic training. And in fact, the Army operated for many years without a formalized basic training. Soldiers just reported to their first unit of assignment and were trained there. It was not until 1940 that the United States Army decided that soldiers all trained together prior to reporting to their duty stations. So from 1775 and the formation of the Continental Army until 1940, there was no basic training. So why do we need it? What is it for? Well, according to Drill Sergeant Hart, who was work, who was asking us that day at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, basic training was designed to make sure that a soldier was more afraid of saying no to a sergeant than he was of running full speed into battle. Drill Sergeant Hart and all of his Fort Sill colleagues advocated motivation through force and fear. Years ago, when in England, I got this swagger stick, and the guy at the regimental museum shop made the comment, perfect for the sergeant major, swinging it at the soldiers, yelling, do this, don't do that, hurry up, double time, get to it, put your backs into it, and a few other comments that were less generous as to his personage and about his questionable parentage of the sergeant majors that he had known. Motivation from force and fear of a thinly veiled threat of violence swinging the stick as the commands are called. If you do not want to do anything, if, it's like, if it is likely to be painful or worse, then force and fear can be strong motivators. Jesus said you're headed into danger. Pack no money, pack no bag, Carry nothing extra. Take the power I give you and trust me. Go spread the gospel and fight the demons. I can hear those gathered around thinking to themselves, thank you, but no thank you. Would you mind multiplying some more bread and fish? The very thought of this mission makes me a little hungry. <laughs> but what did Jesus hear instead? Was it sniveling? Was it a refusal to take up the mission? Was it the, the sound of disciples whistling as they looked around and pretended not to hear? Did Jesus have to take up a stick and yell, Hey you, get to it, hurry up, double time, put your back into it? No. Apparently the only thing Jesus heard was the sound of obedient disciples lacing up their only set of shoes and heading off on the mission. Go and proclaim peace upon every house that welcomes you. Receive the kindness and the provisions offered to you from those that accept the gospel. Heal the sick and pronounce the kingdom of God is at hand. Don't worry about those that reject your message. Just, just dust off your feet and move on. God the Father will deal with them in their refusal to hear. A straightforward task with very challenging conditions for the sake of meeting God's standards and they did it without hesitation. Not out of force, not out of fear, but only out of love for God, known through Jesus the Son as an act of faith.
Napoleon Bonaparte commented on the difference. And he said, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires. But on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love, and at this hour millions of men would die for him. An empire, a kingdom, the kingdom, built upon love. The kingdom of God is built upon the love of God toward us in that while we were dead in sin and trespass, God made the way for us to be reconciled to him. The kingdom of God is then spread by the love of its citizens, Christians, for their king, Jesus, doing whatever it takes to spread his message of peace, to spread the gospel even when its conditions seem impossible, and to do so willingly. No force, no fear, but a lot of love acted upon in faith. Then what happens? What happens when Christians answer Jesus' call? They cast out many demons, anoint with oil many who are sick, and heal them. Cyril of Alexandria explained, For they all have Jesus as their shepherd, small and great, people and princes, teachers and students. Jesus will be with them, help them, deliver them from evil. Jesus will tame the savage beast. Jesus will change wolves into sheep. And Jesus will make the persecutors become helpers of the persecuted. Jesus will make those who wrong his ministers to be sharers in their pious designs. Jesus makes and unmakes all things, and nothing can resist his will. When the disciples reported back, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. This is a great passage, and it tells a terrific story of what the disciples did back then. Now we must ask, what should disciples, what should Christians, what should we do today? Do we give up everything? Even our shoes? That is a call that few will answer. Do we provide for those who have answered that call? The world is full of Christian missionaries that rely on people like you and me to provide their support and fund the missionary effort. Which choice is right for you? That is a question that can, can only be answered by you after time and discernment and prayer. The one thing that is true of every Christian is that our task, our mission, is to help spread the gospel one way or another. So find your way to answer God's call and answer it willingly, not out of force, not out of fear, but in faith, out of love. For you all have Jesus as your shepherd, small and great, people and princes, teachers and students. Jesus will be with you, help you and deliver you from all evil. Jesus will tame the savage beasts. Jesus will change the wolves into sheep. And Jesus will make the persecutors become helpers of the persecuted. And then you will hear Jesus tell you, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen.